I'm going to open up with prayer. Father, I thank you. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you. Let the power of my Lord be great. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. And Father, let us only see Jesus. Let us only see Jesus. And I ask this in your name. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to turn, I didn't think we are going to, real quick to Titus 2. I'm just going to, why we are here, why we are doing this. Titus 2, uh, verse 3, it says, the aged, um, we'll begin in verse 1, but speak those things which have become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience, that the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that's what we're doing here, to be discreet. Chase, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. And that's what God gave me to begin this, but he also said this, and I think it's wonderful. This is where we're headed, but we're going to get there in a different way. We are going to get there from the inside out. God is going to deal with the heart, and when God deals with the heart, these things just happen naturally or supernaturally. So if you will turn with me to John 10, I'm going to lay a foundation again, a couple of scriptures that I want us to get into our hearts, that I want us, so that we've got some foundation, we have a rock to stand on. John 10, I'm going to begin in verse 34. Jesus is uh, talking to the Jews. The Jews aren't happy with Jesus. And Jesus responds, but in his response, he makes a remarkable statement. Jesus answered them saying, is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came. And here's that, here's that phrase. And the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture, the word of God, cannot be broken. That shows you right there that everything in this word you can stand on. You can stand on. You can rely on. You can put your faith in. Jesus said it cannot be broken. Not it will not. It cannot. It is impossible for the word of God to fail. Impossible. Now that we know that. Now that we have that first step. The word of God cannot be broken. So what we see in here is the truth. What we see in here we can rely on. I want you to go to Romans 2.11. Because here's the first thing we're going to rely on. Here's the first thing we're going to trust in. Romans 2.11. And it's a simple, simple scripture, simple verse. For there is no respecter of persons with God. And like I said last week, if you take anything away from this meeting, take this away. There is no respecter of persons with God. None. None. God has no respecter of persons. What he will do for this one, he will do for that one. He has no respecter of persons. None. 
So everything that we read today, everything that we study, everything that God reveals to us through the Holy Ghost, whatever he does for somebody in the scriptures, he will do for us. He will do for us. Why? He has to. Why? Because the word of God cannot be broken. And the word of God says he has no respect of persons. So now you got your argument with God. You said the word of God can't be broken. You said you have no respect of persons. You have to do this for me. You have to. You know what? He loves it. Now, one more. I want you to go with me to John 5. And I want us to look at, uh, let's see, where is it? It is, um, oh, Jesus, where is it? I lost it. Okay, it's where, oh, there it is, verse 30. It says, I can of my own self do nothing. This is Jesus speaking. I can of my own self do nothing. He said, as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which sent me. Jesus didn't do anything on his own. The Father directed all his paths. In another place, Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. It's the Father that does the works. There's another place where it says, the words that I speak to you are not mine. They're the Father's. Jesus, everything he did on earth, everything he spoke, every miracle he did was directed by the Father. That's going to help us when we look at how Jesus deals with women. Now, last week we talked about the adulterous woman where Jesus said, there is no condemnation. I, neither do I condemn you. And we talked about the, the, the widow woman at Nain when her son was dead and Jesus had compassion on her. So now we know so far that Jesus will not condemn us because he didn't condemn that woman. Jesus shows no respect of persons and neither does God. God will not condemn us. And it also says that Jesus had great compassion on her. Do you know that Jesus will have compassion on you? He has compassion on you. He has great compassion on you. How come I don't feel it? Oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to break down the walls because I tell you what, this was one body that had to have the walls broken down because I didn't think anybody loved me and I didn't think that I could love anybody else. Now, if you will turn with me to John 4, we're going to begin here today. If I subtitled this message today, I think I would subtitle it the outcast, the outcast. We're going to look at two different outcasts. And we're going to see how Jesus dealt with these women. Jesus dealt with these women. Now, the way Jesus dealt with these women, he will deal with us. Because he's no respecter of persons. So, I'm going to begin in verse 5. And then he cometh, this is one of my favorite ones too. It says, then he cometh to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychir, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Isn't that amazing? Jesus was tired. Jesus was a man. He was tired. He sat on the well. And his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. So Jesus is left there alone. Jesus never did anything that the Father didn't direct. The Father directed him to sit down, and the Father directed him to be alone. He got rid of all the disciples. Why? Because there's a conversation coming. And it says, And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. So nobody's there but the woman and Jesus. 
And it says, Then the woman of Samaria said unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. None. You know what the Samaritans were? And I love this. Because I taught school for five years down here in Texas. Six years. This woman was a, how do we say, a mixed breed. The Samaritans were mixed breeds. They weren't Jews and they weren't, they weren't uh, Greeks. They were a mixed breed. They, were, they had part Jew in them. I think they, they, they claimed that they, had, uh, Jake, uh, that they were children of Manasseh and Ephraim. But yet they had mixed. So they were, they were, they were mixed breeds. You know, I had a whole class of mixed breeds. And it was wonderful. In fact, we had a joke where I, where I taught school. Now, I loved every one of my students. I, I, I didn't care what color you were. But it was hilarious. Our teachers, we, as teachers, we would talk because every year it got a little bit more. There were more mixed breeds. And we said, you know, when God's finished, we're all going to be harvest brown. We're all going to be no, harvest gold. That was it. We're all going to be harvest gold because we're going to be so mixed. We're going to be mixed up. And you know what? God doesn't care. God doesn't care. He didn't care when Jesus was raised from the dead. So this woman was mixed. And the Jews would have no dealings with the mixed people, the Samaritans. But Jesus is talking to her. Jesus is talking to her. The Messiah is talking to her. And she's not a Jew. And he goes on. He says, then... Uh, the Jesus says in verse 10, And Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. Now he's talking to this Samaritan. And the woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence hast this thou living water? Jesus is offering her something. Jesus is offering this woman that according to the Jews is an outcast and he's talking to her and he's offering her the living water the living water you know he hasn't offered much up to them up before that to the Jews now he's talking to a Samaritan and, he, and the woman said art thou greater than our father Jacob which gave us the well and drank there of himself and his children and his cattle and Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into etern everlasting life. And you will find later on, he is offering this woman the gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost. A Samaritan. A Samaritan. An outcast. And it says, The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And Jesus said unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. And the woman said unto him, um, The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. He said, For thou hast had five husbands. Five. Count them. One, two, three, four, five. You wonder what about the fifth guy, you know? What are the chances? Anyway, he says, whom thou hast, he says, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that thou sayest truly. 
And the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Do you see what Jesus does here? Do you see that Jesus, the Messiah, the Messiah, the Son of God that left heaven, came to earth, and now he's talking to a woman that has had five husbands. And not only that, but he says, the man that you're living with now is not your husband. He's not your husband. You're living with somebody. As we would say when I grew up, they're shacking up. You know what? Our church would have turned them out. Our church wouldn't have anything to do with them. The people that I grew up with, a lot of them, not my family, but a lot of them would have nothing to do with this woman. She's had five husbands. She's an outcast. And the man, she's shacking up with somebody. And you know what? Jesus doesn't care. Jesus doesn't care. He speaks to the woman and he offers her the Holy Ghost. He offers her the very thing he's going to die, be buried, raised again so she can have. He's offering her the Holy Ghost. And she's had five husbands. And she's shacking up with somebody. Do you see our Lord? Do you see our Lord? Do you see he doesn't know that anybody is an outcast? No one is. This woman's not. God's the one that sent the woman. God's the one that sent the disciples away so Jesus could talk to her. Why? Because the, you'll find out when the disciples come back, the first thing they say is, what are you talking to her for? Because God sent him to talk to her. God sent him to talk to her. And Jesus gladly talked to her. Why? Because Jesus loves her. Because Jesus has compassion on her. Because Jesus came to save her. He came to save her. He came to save her for the issues that make her have five husbands. He came to save her from the issues that she's shacking up with one now. What are the chances having five husbands? She's probably got some children. She at least tried. You know what? God's after the children too. You know, I've seen families that are torn apart because they have stepchildren. Do you know God doesn't, there are no stepchildren with God. Do you know there are no grandchildren with God? You're the son or a daughter of God. That's all you are. You're not a grandchild of God. He has sons and daughters. He has no grandchildren. He has no stepchildren. He has children. And he has all children. No matter what color, no matter what ethnic group, no matter what, they are all children. Not grandkids, not stepkids, children. We are a child of God. And this woman is too. And Jesus is after her. Now it says, the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say, in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh. When you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. He's prophesying to this woman here. This is what's coming. He said, you worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh. The hour cometh. And now is. 
when the true worshipers, and he's talking to an outcast, he's talking to an, a, a Samaritan, he said, the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. He's after this woman, and he's telling her, there's coming a day you won't worship in the mountain, and you won't worship at Jerusalem. You will worship right here. And it says, the woman said unto her, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. And when he is come, he will tell us all things. And look what Jesus does. Look what Jesus does. Jesus said unto her, I that speak to he am thee. He just revealed to a woman that's had five husbands, is shacking up with somebody. He just revealed to her, he is the Messiah. He is the Messiah. You know, he didn't reveal himself to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They kept asking him, and he kept saying, you're not listening. You're not listening. He tells a Samaritan, I am who you're looking for. I am the Messiah. A Samaritan, an outcast. He reveals himself to an outcast. You know what? He loves the outcast. And he reveals himself to us. And you know when we read these words here, we see Jesus and he's revealing himself to us. This is how he handles an outcast. This is how he handles people that have had, that have been divorced. Oh my God, they've been divorced. They're useless. You know, some people think that. Some people think that. Once you're divorced, you're totally messed up. There's no chance for you in the kingdom of God. That's what pe some people think. That's what some women think. I've even read, uh, somebody put on a Facebook a couple days ago, they said, um, I've been divorced. I can't do anything now. Look what Jesus did to the woman that had five husbands. Had five husbands. Look what he did with her. Turn with me to John 1. I want to show you something. Do you know that God was divorced? Do you know God's divorced? Read it in Jeremiah. He said he divorced Israel. So we got God divorced. You think he can handle somebody that's been divorced? I want you to go to the book of John. I want you to go to chapter 1. And I'm going to begin. I'm going to, let's begin in verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. This is Jesus, with the Father. Two, we're in heaven. Now, look at verse 3. It says, all things were made by him. All things were made by Jesus. And without him was not anything made that was made. All things were made by Jesus. There wasn't anything made that he did not make. Right? Were you made? That proves to you right there there are no mistakes. There are no mistakes. Have you ever felt like you were a mistake? This proves there are no mistakes. I have two children that you could consider a mistake. 
I call them surprises. They weren't a surprise to God. They were no surprise to God. There are no mistakes. Every single person that has been born. Look at, let's go down to verse 9. It's even better. It said, that was the true light, which, and that's talking about Jesus. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Every man was lighted by Jesus. Every man. There are no mistakes. There are no miss, uh, there are no mistakes. There are no outcasts. There aren't any. Jesus lit every person that came into this world. You cannot be a mistake. He knows you. He knows your name. He's the one that made you. He is no, you are no surprise to him. Thank God we are no surprise to him. And we are no surprise to the woman at the well. None. Let's go back to that. I'm going to, uh, back to verse 26. And Jesus said unto her, I that speak to thee am he. And upon this came his disciples, and they marveled that he talked with the woman. And yet, the, and yet no man said, what seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? They knew better. They knew better than to say something to Jesus. But they all saw, what's he talking to the Samaritan for? And it says, the woman then left her water pot. She left her water pot. I mean, that water pot that she needs, she left it. And went her way into the city and said unto the men, come see a man which told me all things I ever did. Is this not the Christ? Oh, my Lord. And they went out to the city and they came unto him. The woman went to where the men were and said, you got to come and see this guy. You got to come and hear him. Do you know that woman's preaching the gospel? You got to go hear this man. This is the Messiah. You got to go hear him. She's preaching the gospel. And she's got five husbands. She's been divorced five times. And the man she's married, the man she's living with right now, she's shacking up with. And yet she goes and tells all the men of the city. And you know what's amazing? All the men of the city go with her. I wonder how many she was married to. And she said, and they went out of the city and came unto him. And in the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said, I have meat to eat you know not of. Therefore, the disciples said one to another, has any man brought him out to eat? And Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and finish his work. Do you know it was the will of God that Jesus go, that that woman come and that he speaks to her and reveals to a woman an outcast, an outcast that's had five husbands. And is shacking up with somebody. It was the will of God that he reveal himself to that woman. Isn't that a marvelous thing? Isn't that a beautiful thing? Isn't that a thing when we are struggling to believe the gospel and it's not working very well and we think, oh my God, I've missed it. I'm a mess. This isn't going to work. God, I'm a mistake. God, you know, God, uh, God didn't call me. Oh yeah, he did. There are no mistakes with God. There are no mistakes with Jesus. There aren't any. There aren't any. You know what there is? There's grace. 
Oh, thank God there's grace. And I love the verse, and it's been, you know, for a while it was my motto, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Grace does much more abound. And we see it right here with the woman with five husbands and shacking up. We see the grace of God. And what was Jesus after? He was after her. He was after her. Turn with me to, uh, let's see, let's go to Luke 9. I want to show us. So now we know he's talked to a woman that was taken in the very act of adultery. We know he ministered to a woman that was a widow and lost her only son. And now we see that Jesus is sent to a woman who has had five husbands and is shacking up. And why? If you will turn with me to Luke 9, I'm going to begin in verse... Uh, let's see, let's verse 51. And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now he knows he's headed Jerusalem and there he's going to be crucified. And he sent messengers before his face and they went and entered into the village of the Samaritans. That's what this woman was, to make ready for him. It says, and they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. The Samaritans and the Jews did not get along. They saw Jesus was headed to Jerusalem. You're not, you're not welcome here. You know what's amazing? Well, I'll, I'll, well, we'll do it after this. It says, and they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. 54. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, will that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did? And look what Jesus says. Look what Jesus says. When you're having some dark hours, Turn here and look what Jesus said. He said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. When you think God's going to get ready to squash you. When you think God's had enough with you and he's going to kick you out. When you think that God's had enough with you and he's going to destroy you. Look what Jesus said here. He said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. For the son of man is not come to destroy men's lives. He is not come to destroy men's lives. When you think God is out to destroy you, he has not come to destroy you. What did he do? He said he has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Save them. Then why am I in the situation I am in? To save you. To save you. He didn't come to destroy you. He came to save you. That is written in the word of God. And the word of God cannot be broken. And you know what's wonderful about the word of God not being broken? You can stand up and say, you came to save me. Get after it. You came to save me. You go through correction, and it is grievous. But the promise is he only sends us through correction because he loves us. So when you're in the correction, you can stand. He didn't come to destroy you. He came to save you. Let him save you. Let him save you. Let him walk you 
through the correction. Let him lead you through the fire because there's only one reason he's doing it and that's to save you. It is not to destroy you. The devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And we're going to we're going to talk about that for a second. If you are not born again and you would like to walk with this man, Jesus, that was sent to a woman that's been divorced five times and shacking up with somebody. And Jesus said, he's not your husband. He's, God sent him to Jesus. If you would like to know that man, if you'd like to know the one that was dead and was buried and raised again for us, taking our sins, our iniquities, our hurts, our heartbreaks, our poverty, all the curses. He took it on his own body for us. If you'd like to know that man, all you have to do is go to him in prayer. And when you open your mouth and you say, Jesus, Jesus, he will be right there. Because those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, not destroyed, saved. Call on that name. Make him your Lord. Give him your life. Let him lead you. Let him fix it because that's why he's here. That's why he came. That's why he was crucified. That's why he went to hell for you. That's why he was raised again so he can fix it so he can make your life like his life. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, post office box 861 327 Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.